This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we talk VNAS on vSAN using ONTAP Select. It's like storage inception. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi, Glenn Sizemore, and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tech podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. In the studio with me today, Andrew Sullivan. Get off your phone. Sorry. We got a job to do here. Sorry. Jeez. Man, always texting. I know. Texting is... It's, it's almost like this happens during the workday and yeah. still get emails. And, yeah, it's true. This yeah. is during the workday. Anyway, you are, I guess you're absolved. Um, on the phone with us today, uh, Glenn Sizemore has joined us. Gracious with his presence. Hi, Glenn. Violently texting uh, Andrew as we speak. Oh, you're texting each other? Violently, yeah, I mean, no less. How else can we talk about you on the internet behind I your mean, back? I mean, I'm perfectly fine with you talking about me to my face because I can take it. I'm a big boy. That's not as much fun, though. I have big boy pants. I'm wearing them. They're in the corner. They are. They're <laughs> my big boy EBC pants. All right, so um, if you're listening to this podcast, you will be listening to it during, well, actually at the end of the week of VMworld. Because uh, this is going out that week. Uh, so we decided to bring in uh, someone to talk about uh, something somewhat VMware or VMworld related. And we're going to talk about ONTAP Select. But in the context of ONTAP Select on top of vSAN as a VNAS. So to join us today, uh, Peter Scoverup. Hi, Peter. Can you tell us what you do here at NetApp? Hey, yeah. Great to be back. Um so, uh, name is Peter Scott. I'm responsible for our NetApp SDS solution, which is really based on uh, ONTAP Select. Okay. So, um, I understand that during VMworld, uh, when the, like I said, people would be listening to this probably after they've already gone, but what would have went on at VMworld with ONTAP Select? So, uh, VMworld, because ONTAP Select is, is based on ESX as one of the possible hypervisors, we're clearly present there. And so, we're present in the form of the NetApp booth, and we're doing uh, sessions in the mini theater, as well as um, sessions around VNAS. And so, in particular, running uh, ONTAP Select on top of vSAN is the focus for um, the VMworld next week. Okay. So as far as running ONTAP Select as a VNAS on top of vSAN, why would somebody want to do that? Uh, what's some of the benefits for that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question and one that come up many times. So the real motivation behind running something like ONTAP Select on top of a HTI solution such as or SDS, however you prefer to look at it, such as vSAN, um, those solutions have the ability to serve local applications and does that fairly well. But what those uh, systems does not do, and it's not limited to just vSAN, um, they don't have the ability to serve any form of NAS, whether it's local or remote. So what ONTAP Select brings to the table and the problem that it solves is, imagine you have a, a robo deployment where you have a couple of nodes, you're trying to keep the cost down, and you're running applications on the, on the vSAN systems typical deployment scenario. Well, what if you have a, a, you know, a small set of users that just wants home directories with SIFs, or you have some application that needs some file shares, 
or let's say you're running VDI or something, um, untap select has the solution for that, and it can run on top of the vSAN platform and consume storage from vSAN. So essentially, what untap select does in the VNAS deployment, and that's what we call this type of scenario, is the ability to solve your NAS problems or, or the gap that exists with the existing solution. And that's whether it's a, a vSAN from VMware, it's a Nutanix system, or for that matter, a number of other uh, HCI systems. And so untap select can, of course, be deployed in many uh, different scenarios, but we typically describe it as the three main deployment scenarios. The first is a classic scenario for a DAS solution that is um, basically run on a platform where there are direct attached uh, disks. The second one is to run with external storage arrays. And the third one is essentially VNAS. And so that's where the layered model comes into play. So you can run your software-defined solution, but ONTAP Select can run on top of it for the purpose of filling the gaps of whatever may be missing from a NAS perspective. So you mentioned uh, not just vSAN, but other hypervisor, or, or sorry, other HCI servers. Is that Did I catch that, catch that correctly? That's correct. So um, with the introduction of a 9.2 release, which came out early summer, we expanded the number of deployment scenarios significantly. And so there are two new scenarios that was introduced with 9.2. VNAS uh, for vSAN or for uh, HCI platforms, as well as uh, external arrays. And so with that, we took away any limits that we had on what storage we would support. And we basically said, any system that is uh, listed in the ESX HCL, so the, the hardware compatibility list, is something that we would be supporting. And so the idea is that we consume a data store. That data store may be backed by a fast array, if you want, for that matter, on an ESX platform. And it could also be backed by something like a vSAN, because other than necessarily the type of the data store, it looks the same to select. And so that's why we consider the v, VNAS for vSAN as well as the external array as being very, very similar in deployment scenario because from a technical perspective, there really is no difference. And so vSAN becomes just another external storage that is supported as a data store. And that's why anything that runs on an ESX platform or for that matter on vSAN, we would consume the data store and support it. And so the benefit with our 9.2 release is we removed restrictions. So we basically support storage over NFS, over iSCSI, FCP, FCOE, whatever you throw at the ESX platform, which, of course, is also the foundation for vSAN. So we really expanded out how you can use Select and benefit from all the different storage technologies you may have in place. And so if I you should try and just explain what this really means is that two main components to our standard on tap select there's storage management and there's data management when we're deployed as das we do both when we're deployed on a external storage whether it's on vsan or at some other array we effectively run the data management part of the solution but we just consume the storage and therefore the storage management from the other platform so essentially this isn't just a play to fill a gap where a hypervisor or an HCI component doesn't have support for NAS. It's also to fill a gap if the 
NAS support is not quite there yet, right? So some some HCI providers have NAS support, and they you know they may not be on the forefront of NAS like ONTAP is. That's correct. Uh, our intention is to unlock in in every possible way. So anything that the ESX platform can support, we are trying to to open it up. And so whether it's a platform that has some limited NAS capabilities, whether it has nothing, or whether it has a full set, you can still run um, uh, ONTAP Select on top of it. The proof point to that is that there are customers that are running a fast array behind the ESX hypervisors and just want to be able to hand out control over a VM to some user and give them the NAS services or whatever they may want to do. And so in that case, you're actually running ONTAP Select on top of ONTAP. We don't really care. We just consume the data stores that ESX provides. And so, you know, that's a fully built out NAS system on top of NAS. But our goal with it was really to extend it out and support any array um, that may or may not have certain capabilities. And of course, with that, it's not just about NAS, but the NAS is the primary motivation. But with it comes all our storage efficiency, uh, our data protection in the form of, of uh, SnapMirror. And so it really is a full data management layer you put on top of whatever may be behind the scene. So just to summarize, so select pre-9.2 when it was installed to the ESX host or ESXi host, it needed to access the local devices, the local drives, and consume those. 9.2 and later, it can still consume those local hard drives or SSDs. However, it can also effectively use any VMDK, any any virtual hard drive coming off of any storage. That's correct. That's the, the big expansion of the deployment cases. So what's the performance look like on these? I mean, is it on par with what we're seeing with lower-end ONTAP systems? And can you give us a comparison of what we would expect to see with a VNAS? Yeah. Uh, so, as always, when we do the control and, and provide the storage management, such as a DAS um, deployment scenario, then we have control over performance, and therefore we're able to guarantee it. When you go into a VNAS deployment scenario, we are directly dependent on whatever that storage array looks like. So let's say it's a vSAN, or let's say it's an external array. In both cases, there are factors that can impact the performance. If you think about the the external array, you essentially end up with latencies on the network that can impact it, the IOPS that the storage array can support dedicated to this particular workload. Same with vSAN for that matter. And so um, we understand uh, roughly what the performance is going to be or what it can be, I should say. Um, That may vary depending on the deployment. So if you think about vSAN and running ONTAP Select on top of that, we have shown that you can uh, um, get performance at the level of an entry model fast. Um, But it may vary depending on how you set it up. And when it comes to running on top of vSAN, there are, of course, best practices around how to set it up and what to do. Um, And those best practices are incorporated into the ONTAP deploy tool, which is the tool that installs ONTAP Select. And so it will go in and configure the platform, in particular vSAN, so that it optimizes around it. But there's, of course, no magic. If the vSAN platform is busy serving other applications, um, performance can be lower. 
So that's probably the best way to describe performance. So with regard to best practices, is there recommendations when using those, you know, that, that external storage? So a vSAN or, or any other uh, VMDK or, or uh, VMFS rather data store, um, is there recommendations for things like should ONTAP Select have deduplication, compression, compaction enabled, or is it assumed that the underlying storage is managing efficiency features? So we don't make assumptions about how it's installed at the customer side, but the recommendation would be that you focus on doing it one or the other place. Because if you try to do compression twice, as an example, you may end up with a um, less than optimal result. Um, and so that really comes down to uh, testing it out uh, because we have little visibility what sits behind it. But from our perspective, ONTAP Select can always do it. Um, the real question is probably more, can I uh, control um, the storage efficiencies at the granularity that I want on the backend storage? If you can, then you can make a choice. If not, then ONTAP Select gives you the, enough granularity that you can make the choice there and, and set yourself up for an optimal situation. So we don't force a choice. We have storage efficiencies on by default, pending on what platform you're installing on. And so that's probably the best way to describe our best practice. And that is for the environments where we expect it to operate in certain ways, we'll turn it on by default. Uh, where we don't know enough about the environment, you can turn it on um, as you want, but by default, it's not turned on. So that's, that kind of indicates our best practice around it. Okay, that makes sense. And then I also wanted to kind of clarify one other thing. Is it, it, it earlier Justin kind of referred to that um, the deployment leveraging uh, any VMDK storage as being a VNAS, but that's not necessarily true, right? It can still serve block protocols like iSCSI. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and most people don't think about that upfront um, because you, you look at it and say, well, I have block storage on the platform already. So the benefit of running on Tap Select, in addition to the NAS, is that everything we do is served via protocols, and we don't really care whether it's remote or local. iSCSI is available in on Tap Select as well, and so you can use that whether you're serving external host or, for that matter, you can use iSCSI to serve the data store from on Tap Select for the VM that's local. That's an option as well, and some people use that because they want to use SnapMirror. SnapMirror on ONTAP Select is of course fully compatible with any other ONTAP systems because it is the full version of ONTAP and have the full set of capabilities in terms of replication. So whether you're moving or replicating data to or from, it doesn't matter, Select will support that. And so the unified storage approach exists. It's just that most people come with a question around NAS rather than, than the, the block storage via iSCSI. That's good to know. I had actually thought that uh, we had done something to disable uh, the block functionality inside on inside this variant of ONTAP Select, given the name VNAS Gateway. It just implied that uh, we had turned off the block stuff. But that's awesome that we maintain the unified protocol support. Yeah, and, and to that point, let me follow up and, and say, basically, the VNAS uh, deployment scenario that we support with it is not a special license. It's just an option that's part of the standard ONTAP Select product. 
So whether you want to deploy on DAS or you're deploying on a VNAS uh, setup, it's the same license, it's the same software. It's just how you configure it. And that configuration happens at installation where we essentially detect what is the, the deployment snare. And so no changes in licensing or how you use it. Um, it's still the same concept. Uh, when you are, uh, are looking at deploying on tap select, you make two decisions. One is your capacity and the other one is performance. And based on that, all of the deployment scenarios, all the protocols, all the features are included in the license, and therefore you can use it as you want in the different scenarios. Could uh, could we by chance just kind of refresh for the listeners what those options are? Yeah, uh, so it, it's basically, uh, for everybody that's familiar with ONTAP, any license keys that you have within ONTAP is included as a part of the default bundle for ONTAP Select. So you're not making any choices whether it's any of the, the protocol um, license keys, whether it's anything that has to do with SnapMirror, um, any unbox, any license key you can install within ONTAP is included with ONTAP Select. We've done that to try and simplify as much as possible. And you can see that evident in some of the latest um, features that we added in. Um, NVE, or software-based encryption, is included in ONTAP Select. And so you have a full encrypted solution as a software-defined um, um, entity that runs on any commodity hardware. So all your data can be encrypted, and there's a built-in uh, key management solution. So it's very much hands-off, but you can still be safe that the data on the disk, wherever those disks are being used, or whoever is, is consuming the data from them, that it's encrypted. And, and that's just another example of what is the feature functionality included with ONTAP Select. So we made the decision to include all the features because we believe that's how customers want to use an SDS solution. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I don't think you'll get much pushback, if any, on that. Oh, on the capacity side, you mentioned before that you just had to select how much capacity you wanted. Is that a consumption-based license as as the the amount of capacity being managed grows the 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 cost goes up or is it just kind of fixed bundles how do we actually do that good question uh, so um we basically allow um customers to buy the license keys for on tap select and um, from one terabyte up to the max in one terabyte increments so it's, it's a complete linear way of syncing up the capacity the reason we did that is, in particular on a DAS deployment scenario, nobody's interested in having stranded hardware resources. And so the typical approach is, if you bought a hardware platform that has 33 terabyte on it, you're gonna want to match the license key for that. So instead of having 30 terabyte and then three sitting out there and not being used, right? You, you really want to map into the hardware. And so that's the reason behind the licensing scheme. And today, it goes up to 100 terabyte per node as a maximum. As our goal is to map into the hardware and disk capacities are getting bigger and bigger, um, we plan to expand that capacity significantly. And so you will see um, in the foreseeable future that the maximum capacity will go up significantly. And uh, that is to continue to map. And, and where do we see this going? Well, if you have 24 drives, that could be 16 terabyte SSDs today. Not that that's a common deployment scenario, but you could. Um, and the next step is 32, and after that, 64. 
um, we don't have to be a mathematician to figure out where this goes. And our, our objective is to make sure we match those platforms. Awesome. Uh, what about the performance side of it? Uh, I, I know just from my own experimentation with uh, ONTAP and VMs over the years that, you know, memory and CPU are, are just like pure nitrous oxygen to, to data on tap. The more you give it, the faster it can run. So I'd imagine uh, we'd have some sort of options for managing how much resources those, those virtual storage controllers are consuming. What does that look like? And, and what are those controls? Yeah, so um, um, basically ONTAP Select is set up with two models today. Um, ONTAP Select Standard versus Premium. And that has everything to do with the set of resources that we're consuming and therefore the performance of the entity. From a feature or supported platform perspective, there's only one difference between standard and premium, and that is premium is the only one that supports SSDs. And we made that choice because there's little idea in having SSDs if you're not trying to utilize them. So uh, standard consumes um, four virtual CPUs and a 16 gig of memory. A premium is eight virtual CPUs and 64 gig of memory. So those are the two models available today. The reason we set it up as performance models, which is you're buying the license key for either standard or premium, is that we clearly intend to, to grow with the market. And again, just like from a disk capacity perspective, the idea is that you will be able to um, utilize the CPUs from this sweet spot in server um, CPU cycles. Uh, capacity, if you want. So we, we want to be able to map into the most common servers that are being bought at any given point of time. So you could easily imagine that there would be future models that would increase the number of resources that we consume from a CPU perspective as well. Awesome. I think that makes plenty of sense from, from at least in my head, right? Given, given a couple of different uh, platform hosting options from a, a general you know, controller sizing perspective, and then capacity-based licensing on the back end. Sounds very flexible for our customers. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, there's a, a, another dimension that comes in when you talk SDS platforms. Because it's running on a hypervisor and always intend to, to go down that path, you essentially can run applications in parallel with the storage solution on the same platform. So as a customer, you have a choice whether you're dedicating this platform to a storage system or whether you consider it as converged infrastructure within a single box. Either way, Select supports that today. So it sounds like VNAS is less of a product and more of a uh, use case, more or less. And, and, and it gets me thinking because there are other use cases we could have with this, and one of those could be secondary storage. Um, you mentioned the SnapMirror support is full. So if I wanted to set up a disaster recovery site in multiple locations, but I didn't want to buy an entire FAS system just to do that, I could set up several uh, ONTAP select instances, maybe deploy the robo license, and set it up in you know multiple sites and have you know this this fan out snap mirror capability in multiple places, right? Absolutely. And so um, you're touching on a point which is um, uh, aligned with the 9.2 release. The other big step that we took forward with 9.2 was really to focus on reducing cost in a robo scenario. And so we introduced two-node HA, uh, which is available with the 9.2 release. And we also introduced a, a good expansion of the license types from ESX perspective you can use. 
So with the introduction of 9.2, you can basically use any licensed ESX version, whether it's ESX Robo, whether it's the full enterprise uh, version or not. Um, we expanded that out, trying to remove any limits on ESX itself. Uh, that helps a lot with the cost compared to previously. And the other part is you can do a full two-node HA uh, solution. In order to do two-node HA, you need something as a tiebreaker when you have split-brain scenarios. And so we provide what we call a mediator, and that's simply a, a VM that runs somewhere. It doesn't have to be local, but somewhere in your environment that can provide that tiebreaking function. And if you have small robo-sites, um, you can actually have that mediator sitting centrally in your data center and support up to 100 HA pairs or two-node HA solutions sitting out there simultaneously. The tie-breaking um, solution does not require a whole lot of processing. Um, so you can actually provide this over a wide area network with substantial latencies. It's okay. Um, and, and make it a very cost-effective way of doing two-node HA while still having the safety that even when you have network failures, you can still make it a, a final and deterministic decision around split-brain scenarios. Can I also run on something like ESXi? Sure. Cool. Any, any licensed ESXi version is supported with a 9.2. Excellent. Um, and you also mentioned support for other uh, hypervisor versions. So like KVM uh, is one, right? I mean, is that currently available or is that coming soon? Yeah, so um, we released at the beginning of August, um, so it's fairly new, uh, support for KVM with ONTAP Select. Um, so um, let me digress for just a second. ONTAP Select is released every three months. And so it's pretty much like clockwork. There's a new release coming out. So we have a very regular release schedule with a lot of new features and functionality coming out. So if you don't see it in the previous release, we're three months away from it. With that, we used the 9.2 platform that was released in May to make an August release for KVM. And so we support Red Hat 7.2 and uh, up um, with the KVM that was just released. And it's essentially the same ONTAP select feature set uh, with a couple of exceptions. And it's the same um, licensing model. In fact, whether you're buying ONTAP Select Standard or Premium, we don't make you choose which hypervisor you need for it. The license key is the same. So you can actually just go download for the platform that you want. So it gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of that. And so our focus was to get an initial cluster version out. So we support one and four node, and we're gonna follow up in the subsequent release, meaning just a couple of months away to support the two node and the external arrays with KVM. So, um, it greatly expands the, the hypervisors, and some people look at this as a cost aspect. We don't as much because we expanded the ESX licenses. For us, this is much more about if the skills that exist and the consistency of the environment so that everything else you do in the data center is KVM, then you would want your storage solution to run on that as well. So again, it's about unlocking and expanding out. And if I can just add to that part of it, for KVM and, and with the release here in August, we also introduced full OpenStack support equivalent to what we do on our appliances. And so KVM, OpenStack, 
they're not necessarily linked completely together, but most people think of it as OpenStack is really interesting in the KVM environment. So we've introduced the support, um, both for select running um, and providing the backend storage for the, the OpenStack uh, environment, as well as also operating as a client in an OpenStack environment. Does that mean I can configure OpenStack to spin up uh, software-defined storage instances and tear them down as needed? It's not quite at that point yet. Um, it gives the same functionality as we do on a FAS, which isn't so much about spinning things up, but, but the next step for us is really to be able to go provision the storage and use it as such, and so that you get tied into that OpenStack environment. So we're very, really excited about where people can take this and looking at what we can do to support the overall um, storage and application lifecycle within an OpenStack environment. Okay, and uh, what about uh, ESX 6.5 support, I guess, was added in 2.5 as well? I guess what you're calling is 2.5. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we actually managed to, to squeeze in 6.5 support, um, which is something a lot of people have asked for. And so um, we we put that into our August release. There's a couple of limitations on it that's going to go away with the next release in, in less than three months, and that's around the VMS, uh, uh, VMFS 6. It's not quite supported yet. Uh, and we don't recommend going in and doing upgrades um, to um, the VMware 6.5 um, prior to uh, or after you install on Tap Select because there's some optimizations around that. So um, full 6.5 support is in our next release, but it's there today, and we have customers running 6.5. So there was a lot of pressure and, and demand around that. That's why we, we pushed it into this release that's out now. So you mentioned that you have a three-month cadence, and that was kind of news to me. I always thought that you guys were aligned with the ONTAP releases. Is that something that's sustainable? Can you keep that up? Is that something that you're going to continue doing? That's certainly the plan. Um, so we, we pretty much lock down all our processes internally around this, and it gives us a lot of benefits in, in being um, uh, responsive to incoming customer requests. So, uh, yes, we can sustain it, and we plan to do that. Um, we have a lot of use cases. We have a lot of new technology coming up that we really want to get out as quickly as possible. And so three-month cadence is what you should expect uh, from Software Defined. And um, and uh, there's uh, new functionality in each release. Previously, in, in, re in previous releases of ONTAP Select, one of the complaints I used to hear was that it wasn't terribly intuitive to install. What have you done uh, over the course of the product to make that experience simpler? If you were one of the early adopters of Untap Select and then you went back and tried it today, you would probably see a night and day kind of experience um, in the installation process. So there's a, a fairly uh, updated and very intuitive GUI that drives the whole installation process. Um, we detect a lot around the platform. We try to optimize as much as possible. Um, you know, finding out the storage that's available on the platform, being able to use partial data stores, all the things that you would hope to find on an SDS platform. And, and certainly Select supports that, but we've added in the installation experience around it. So lots of, of updates in this area. I really encourage everybody to go try the latest version of the deploy, um, which is what you download when you go to our uh, support site. It's not like you're downloading support and ONTAP Select separately. Um, ONTAP Deploy is actually what you download, and it has ONTAP Select in it. 
Um, so uh, go give it a try. And there's um, anybody who has access to the support side has access to a free version of Untap Select. Eval is built into it. So go kick the tires and, and see all the changes that we made. It's a dramatic change and improvement. We've gotten a lot of feedback around it. We're not done. We continue to improve and really um, try to make sure that we detect and automate as much of the installation as possible. For those that are really looking at deploying Select in larger data centers, we have a full REST API that you can integrate with in any of your, your cloud management platforms so that you can automate um, the installation and setup of Select itself. Uh, and, and that integrates with a number of the most popular tools in the sense that you can simply script uh, in, in a very simplified fashion using a couple of REST API calls for setting up a whole platform. So lots of improvements. Um, take it for a test. So what's holding us up uh, from turning this into a full-blown OVA or OVF file? Like, why, why can't I just deploy it with a VApp? Um, so uh, if you look at our eval version, it is actually just that. Um, the reason we haven't productized that yet is that there's a set of um, workflow processes that are a part of, of building a cluster. And so for a single node eval, absolutely. For X nodes in a cluster, there's a little bit more work to it. And we believe that the, the workflow optimization we do within deploy is actually beneficial there. So um, could one imagine that we could do an OVA-based installation in the future? Maybe. I'm not sure that it's necessarily going to be so interesting once you get into building clusters and expanding clusters that already exist. Okay. So what if I wanted to use ONTAP Select for something it wasn't intended for? Um, how would I go about that? Is there, a, is there a path for me to do that, or is that just something that you don't even want to bother trying? Yeah, this is where our feedback to everybody is go knock yourself out, right? Take, take it wherever you want to take it. it it's a, an incredible opportunity in being involved in, in ONTAP Select to look at what customers are doing and the thinking around it. And so and I would best describe some of the interactions and feedback um, that we've gotten from customers that it's well beyond what we have imagined that people would do with it. And so take it to whatever extent you want. Try it. Go do it set it up, chances are it's just going to work because we sit behind a hypervisor. And so if the hypervisor environment supports it, try it out. And we've had some really interesting uh, deployment scenarios come to us. And we look at those differently than what we typically do with our appliance business. And so often it, uh, customers come and say, well, I know it works because I tried it. I just want to make sure that it's supported and endorsed by NetApp. And so we often take a look at these special cases. We have processes in place where we can do product variant, uh, variance um, requests and, and essentially support it that way. So don't stop just because it may not be the standard definition of the product. Give us a call, send us an email, and let us know what you want to do with the product. Um, it's, uh, it's almost limitless what you can do once you, you just run on these virtualized uh, uh, servers uh, where we can we can set it up with software-defined networks, where we can set it up with disk-less plate servers. 
it's almost limitless what we do um, with these uh, introduction of features such as VNAS, external storage, being able to run on a huge range of DAS-based systems. So the message is, go try it. There's nothing to lose. Um, it's not like you're going to break anything here. It's software. So what's one of the most interesting use cases you've seen out there that just you looked at and you're like, oh, that's really neat? <laughs> huh. um, there's probably a, a couple of them. Um, without necessarily naming names, I've seen um, a customer setting up Untap Select with a complete software-defined network where the customer doesn't own the physical network but has the full control over the SDN controller. And they have a diskless blade server from one of the vendors, and they have an all-flash array from one of the competitors. And so they actually just took all these components and put this together on their own. And they're accessing the storage through a little bit of a unique network from different countries to set this up. So it's almost like they take every component of software-defined they could possibly think of and put it together on somebody else's platform. So this is kind of like, is this kind of like a global entry point? I mean, are these, is this select instance pointing to different data centers too? I mean, what's, what's going on with that? Uh, so it, it's, it's a little bit unique, but essentially they're serving data locally uh, by having a select instance there. But the physical storage is a little bit of a different entity. And so um, I don't know that I can describe it a whole lot more than that without uh, kind of getting into to name calling, but um it, it, uh, it's an example of how people go crazy with the setup. And, and the interesting part is we didn't make any changes to select to support this. It's pretty cool. It's a cool, interesting way of, of approaching that problem. Final message, if you want, is um, select has gone through a phenomenal growth. Um, we have seen from starting out the product just about 12 months ago till now, that it has grown into a um, validated product in this space. And so we see that we grow this product with more than 50% month over month in terms of install base. And so it's a very exciting ride. And um, we certainly welcome anybody that wants to join in with that. Um, and it's, it's obvious that there's a future path with software defined and on tap select. So come join us around it. It's available. Go try it. There's free eval. You don't need to do anything. Just go download it. All right, Peter, thanks for joining us today. Uh, if anyone want to get in touch with you, uh, how would they contact you? Uh, so uh, our account teams all have um, access and, and knows how to get a hold of us. Uh, by all means, um, any email address at NetApp is typically last name at netapp.com. And so feel free to, to send me an email. Um, so it would be S-K-O-V-R-U-P at netapp.com. All right, excellent. And uh, we'll be sure to put that in the show notes as well so people can get in touch with you to find out more about ONTAP Select. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast.netapp.com or send us a tweet at NetApp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Peter Skerberg for talking about ONTAP Select today. Thanks for listening. I'm still emailing. <laughs> Andrew's been emailing this entire time. 
In the meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, I've been setting up in a, a movie server with my ONTAP Select in- instance. And the computer did say to, to, to take it anywhere you want it to go. So, freemovies.com or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's probably taken. That's getting off on this? No. Oh, Let's yeah. find out. Let's, We're doing this. Let's do it. Freemovies.com. I hope you're not this on the corporate network. Oh, I am. Oh, yep, gosh. Blocked by URL content. Built. Now, now you got me reported. That's it. Glenn's on a I'm list. Done. I'm done. I'm on a Mission list. Mission success.